0: To make sure that everyone knew that um, I do not take um, child abuse or child sexual abuse uh, lightly, I do realize after listening back to this episode that it did come off kind of as if I thought it was not necessarily funny, but I didn't take it serious, and I do take uh, these things very, very seriously. Um, I just think, with this being my own experience and looking at looking back at my life um, as a child and some of the things that I had gone through, um, it's not easy to to talk about these things. I talk about this this stuff in therapy, and I'm revisiting a lot of stuff, a lot of childhood trauma. Um, my relationship with my children, my relationship with my parents, my relationship with my husband, and just my relationship with people in general. So um, I think, you know, when I recorded this, I was just in this mindset of I have to not make talk, you know, make light of it, but make light of my emotions in it because it was very traumatic, you know, and, and I do realize that it definitely shaped a huge part of my life. And, and I'm sharing this with everybody because this is who I am. You know what I'm saying? This is my real life. This, this is something that, like I said before, I've never shared with anyone in my family you know, as I go through this journey of, of transformation and, and healing, I, I have these memories, and a lot of them I can't share. Uh, I just felt comfortable sharing this um, because I just did. I think my message in it is for me was the point of us paying attention to our children. Watching our children, making sure we are protecting our children. I'm not saying my parents didn't. I'm just saying sometimes we we always think it's the the adult that's doing stuff. We think it's it's the the nasty uncle or or the step parent or um, someone older or, or uh, way way older or influential in our life. And sometimes it's the it's the kids. That we allow our children to play with. So, anyway, I don't want to take too much up time because this is a a little long episode. So I just wanted you guys to know that this is not funny. This is real. This is my life, and um, I hope you and I hope you are able to receive this episode. Provide feedback as necessary. Um, yeah. Hey, hey. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Just Tiffany Podcast, a Monroe Bishop production. It's your girl, your host, Tiffany. On any given day, I do it scared. I do it all alone. I do that shit. I choose me each and every day. I love me some me and fuck them people. This episode is sponsored by MPB Journals. Get yourself a journal from Amazon. Uh, These journals are created to support um, mental health healing, mental health awareness. I'll put the link down in the show notes for uh, Amazon You get your copy. If you're not a journaler, that's fine. Buy for somebody else. Just because you don't journal don't mean nobody else journals. And also don't take the word journal literally. Um, it is a notebook, it's lined paper for you to write, track your thoughts, keep your lists make notes, do whatever you want to do with it. Um, just know it's, it's universal. And um, yeah, so make sure you get you a journal. So this week, um, I was supposed to actually have um, a guest here um, to continue this series in the company of women. However, due, some, due to some scheduling conflict, um, we had to cancel. So therefore, um, I'm recording this episode in lieu of. Um, but I will be rescheduling with Germany, so she will be coming in the, in the coming weeks. Um, but next week, for sure, uh, Dana Crenshaw will be coming through to discuss her, her friendship journey, her friendship experience, and um, her take on um, women, black women, women in general, um, and their relationships uh, with each other. So... Today, I am going to talk about, (sighs) you know, I was going to name this episode, um, I lost my virginity to a woman, but I did not in the technical terms of losing my virginity, lost my virginity. I was so young when this happened, I was not penetrated, however... I was taken advantage of. I was um, used by someone older than me. And and I think I got the, the title because I was listening to somebody else's podcast and they were talking about their experience, their first experience uh, with uh, sex was actually with a woman. And I think mine was too, however, losing my virginity. Is basically not owning what happened to me and actually giving the person who did what they did to me a pass and they don't get a pass. So a while ago, a while back, I did this episode. Um, I kissed a girl and I liked it. I'm going to put that in the, um, the link for that episode in the, the show notes as well. I was talking about Kiki and when we kissed as kids, she was my first kiss and, um, my first I don't know where I was going with this Um, but anyway I was talking about that episode I'm bringing up this episode because um this this particular situation I'm getting ready to tell you about which is a story this is a story time um was about my first encounter with sex with another individual individual with which so happened to be a girl and I think my my curiosity, my things that I did afterwards, my behaviors afterwards were triggered by this prequel to when I kissed Kiki. And um, so here we go. I'm going to be in and out of this conversation with flashbacks, I'm sure, and points I'm making about... Um, Let me make sure my recording is not overlapping. Um, So I just want to make sure that uh, y'all know that I'm probably going to be doing, I'm a a backflash. I took tons of notes because I was trying to remember as much as possible. I was very young when this happened. I do remember it. I don't remember all the specifics about it. So I am going to build on this story just based on the things that I remembered and um, I definitely want you to know that this is a very sensitive topic so I don't know if you listen to podcasts with your kids in the car so just be conscious that uh, this is a warning that you may not want to have them listen to this or you may I don't know. Um, so I just want you to know that it is a trigger warning. Um, this is a situation that I have never shared with anyone to my knowledge, you know, my memory badge, and you know, I can't remember shit. Um, if you have or ever have been molested, um, by someone, please report it. Um, make sure you are a safe space for your children if they ever, um, encounter something like this, um. Tell your parent or someone that you can trust that you have been violated. This story is about molestation. So there. So if this has been your experience and you find this trigger, triggering um, and you want to share your experience, please email me at just tiffany, um, podcast at gmail.com. I usually don't open up myself to things like this, but in this situation, since I'm opening up myself, to this i have to be fair and open up myself to you if you've experienced this or know someone who's experienced something like this so i was young very very young um and by social standards um you would definitely consider this molestation i was not a willing participant even though i do recall feeling some enjoyment in it. And I think it came from the fact that, um... anyway, let me just go ahead. I don't like to think about it like that because honestly, if my daughter or my granddaughter came to me and said some teenager rocked her coochie, you know what I'm saying? I'd be like, I'm pulling up. I'm putting that bitch in jail. I'm pulling up. I may be going to jail. I'm in no way, form or fashion downplaying what happened to me. But I want to say as a young child, um, I was definitely curious. I don't know what to gauge that against. I just remember, I don't know if I saw something. Or it was just part of my, you know, just a part of me as a young girl, but I was extremely curious um, about my body. Um, So I would be, I remember being in the tub, you know, curious and, you know, touching myself down there and realizing that it gave me a sensation when I touched myself, whether it was by accident or on purpose. Um, Oh, like when I touch certain things like the inside of my jeans or, you know, how you're laying on the floor or on your bed or on a pillow and you're moving and you just get these sensations, you know, I felt that, you know, and again, I don't know if this was normal at the time, but just thinking back and as a kid, I just know I was extremely curious and sensitive to my private areas and, and and but that does not by any mean mean that i deserve what i experience by someone i trusted i'm not trying to make this a kumbaya moment with y'all and um and in hopes that I wasn't curious by myself, uh, but I have to believe that I wasn't the only one that was curious about their body as a young girl. Um, I think as children growing up, you know, parents aren't always the best at um, being able to explain things or talk about things. Because one, they probably just never was talked to themselves or they just, they're just not equipped to talk about things until the appropriate age. And we usually have these conversations with our teenagers. You know, I think now with the way the climate is with uh, molestation and inappropriate things going on, we do teach our children about being touched in certain places by people outside of us, but we don't always talk about, us touching ourselves and you know, um, our bodies because we don't think young kids would understand that, you know, or we may think we're maybe planting ideas in their head. You know, uh, I do remember, you know, um, asking about certain things um, to adults outside of my parents and my grandmother. You know, when you go to your friend's house and you have and they got the cool parents. Or whatever, and you will ask them questions, and that's not always a good thing either. So um, <sighs> y'all, curiosity is universal, so just keep that in mind. So I just remember my mother, you know, um Used to have these parties, and I think I mentioned that in the "I Kissed a Girl" and I Liked It episode. She would have these parties, or her friends would have these parties. Her and her husband um, at the time, and they would, you know, take me to their friends' houses. And sometimes they had kids, and sometimes they didn't. I just remember it being very fun and freeing. Uh, kind of like those 70s parties, you know, that you see on TV where people are getting together. Um, They're playing cards, dancing, smoking weed, smoking cigarettes, just having a good time. I'm not saying my mama did all that. I don't remember if she did or not. I just remember being in those spaces um, as a kid when they would have these get togethers. Um, you know, she appeared, my mother, she appeared to have a lot of friends. Um, and in my little kid brain, she did have a lot of friends and her friends had kids. I was young, but my timeline may be off a little bit. So I'm not going to say for sure what age I was at. I just know early on being very curious about a lot of things like I mentioned before. So anyway, story time. So I was at one of my mother's or stepdad's friend's house or whatever, and um, of course, you know, as usual, all the kids were upstairs. I think during those times we were fed, entertained for a hot minute, then we was all shuffled to some area of the house where we were away from the adults out of grown folks' business. Sidebar, um, just because you're at your friend's house and all the kids are in the room, um, You should not necessarily feel 100% safe with your children being in a room with other children. Children hurt children. All children are not raised like you raising your child. So go check on your kids. Go check on them kids. Because, baby, when I tell you what some humping and grinding going on in the rooms and the spaces that I was in, it was things going on. I mean, just you know if you listen to this you know you know you got into some stuff you seen some stuff and just check on your children anyway back to the story um uh, i just remember being in this room and i was a shy kid um i really was extremely shy unless i really got to know you i was a huge um reader uh, i was really young at the time but i think i'm reflecting on when i was a little older and i did actually start to read but I just remember being a reader as a kid I just wasn't the type of child that just walked into a room and helped myself to other people's toys or helped myself to making friends. I had to be drawn into that type of stuff. And, um, and I think that's what my problem is now. I'm easily drawn in. I have to be drawn into people. I just don't walk up to people and just make myself available as a, as a friend or, um, I don't easily make friends. I've always been that way, but that's a whole nother story. Um, the kids i knew, some of the kids i didn't know. This house was very familiar to me. I think I've been there before several times, but just this one particular time that just stands out to me. Um there was an older young lady who was there. I don't remember how old she was, but I do remember her being a teenager, uh, much older than the rest of us. So I'm going to say she was between the age of 14 and 16. When I have memories of her, um, she appeared older, um, and I think she appeared older because she was bigger than all of us, somewhat intimidating. She was a big girl. I just remember all of us being in this in this room, playing games, just doing other kids stuff. You remember back in the days when, when kids had to be kids, and we just really could not sit up um, around adults. Uh, we ate in the kids corner um there was just no parlaying around and counting our parents teeth we was in. we had to stay in the kids place and it wasn't around grown people they just didn't do that you know i don't remember um a whole lot about that day outside of what happened um and I just want to be careful. I, I just... And I and I believe I may have shared this with Larry. You know, I talk, I'm very honest with him about a lot of things. We have some very deep conversations about our childhood and some of the things that we experienced. I do know my mother does not know. So, mommy, do not be mad. This is my story to tell. And no reflection on you or anything you may or may not have done at the time. I was a kid. Um, and... You know, we grew up in a time where we were made to only speak when spoken to. So, I, so I'm so i just thinking back. So I just can't imagine, I don't think a parent would have intentionally made it uncomfortable for you to let them know that something has happened to you. But just thinking back then i don't think they always made it easy and honestly that happens to now in 2022 parents don't want to deal with the fact that their child may have been hurt and they weren't able to protect their child or they may have been the one that put their child in a position where they could be hurt or then some parents are just being selfish and looking out for their own needs and wants and desires and intentionally putting their kids in situations where they can be hurt for the sake of the parent being happy, AKA kids being around these boyfriends and left with boyfriends and being hurt and molested and killed. Anyway, I don't wanna get off into all of that. I just never felt compelled to share this experience outside of me talking about it now. Um, I don't know, it could be just me. Kids were seen and I heard. That's how I was raised. Um, If you came to your parent, you had to come with facts. You just couldn't come with, like, my teacher lying on me. I don't talk that much. You know what I'm saying? You had to come with facts because adults believed adults. I don't know how my mom would have um, reacted, but she probably would have beat up everyone, kids included. She didn't play about her children. Uh, But, again... kids really didn't talk about their feelings. I know I didn't, I'm just gonna say me. You know, I suffered in silence with a lot of things as a kid. My mom would actually be surprised and clutching her pearls and what the, what Tiffany little girl, the little girl inside, Tiffany little girl inside had been doing do it as a kid. I don't talk about things as an adult either, mainly because why? I'm protecting my parents' feelings. There's no sense in dragging anybody through anything that they can't do anything about. I just go to I just go to therapy. That's I just go to therapy anyway. So I just remember being in this room, and um, at some point, this girl I don't know her name. She was like laying in the bed, and she said, "Come up here, Tiffany. Come lay in the bed with me." And it's just so funny how I can't remember her name now because for years I did. Because I would play this in my head over and over again. And now the name just escapes me. I don't know if that means I've healed or I'm just getting old, I don't know. So I'm just trying to fit all these pieces together. to just why I am just, for the longest time, I was so fucked up and not sure if that this experience was one of the reasons. Because at the time, she made me feel like what she was doing felt good. And I think being ashamed, I convinced myself that it felt good, but it was actually very traumatic. So anyway, she had me get into bed with her. I remember her telling me how cute I was and just asking me why I was so quiet. You know, she made me feel really, really comfortable. I don't remember saying much. I was again, I was shy. Um, and at some point she put my head on her shoulder. It was very comforting. My mother wasn't a big hugger and my stepdad was just mean, so I didn't expect any hugs from him nor did I want any. It just felt good to be held. You know, she was soft and warm, I think because she was so fat, you know, and she just provided this comforting feeling to me. And I was just like, wow, somebody actually likes me, actually is talking to me, actually including me. Actually, you know, she just made me feel important. And then she slipped her titty in my mouth. I remember this so vividly. Like, girl, yes. She put her titty in my mouth. And then she moved it around in my mouth until I got the rhythm of it being in my mouth. Now, everything that was going on outside of that is a blur. Because I do remember kids still being in the room at that time. So... I do remember being covered up with covers and feeling like this is weird. You know, she was moaning quietly. Um, I think it was just enough for me to hear because nobody else that I remember said anything. I was just scared I was going to get in trouble by my mother or some other adult or even her. But in my kid brain, I was like, ill, a titty in my mouth, like, you know. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of breast experience. I mean, I saw my mom's breasts, but she wasn't putting them in my mouth. So this was really weird to me. I was really scared. And I just remember pushing back tears. Or maybe I did cry. I don't know. You know, I just, when I think about it, I was just trying to figure out and understand why me. Like, why did she choose me out of all these kids? You know, I just remember just not understanding what was happening. She was someone that I liked and who I trusted. And here I was in her room with her titty in my mouth and she was rubbing herself against me. And here's the thing, the k- kids were in the room, like nobody didn't see a hidden shit. Like she was breathing hard. I felt, I remember feeling like I was being suffocated. So that made me feel like I was under some covers. And all of a sudden, she just stopped doing what she was doing. And then she set up. She had everybody leave the room. Not sure what excuse she gave, but they left. I stayed. I never did move from the bed. I was just sitting there watching. And in my head, like, please don't go. Y'all don't leave me. Please don't go. I don't want her titty in my mouth. You know, she closed the door. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. Like, again, this is a little kid. I'm talking as an adult, speaking on the behalf of as a little kid, but so I'm flip, so just know I'm flip-flopping with emotions. But I was like, oh God, she pulled back the covers. And I remember her pulling down her pants. And I remember just seeing this big yellow belly. She was light-skinned. And at the bottom of her belly, It was just a lot of hair. And I thought the hair was attached to the bottom of her belly. Now I know as an adult that she had overlapping coochie, which is when your stomach overlaps your vagina. She was like, you want to touch it? And I I was shaking my head, no, no, like, No, I don't, you know, I had seen my little vagina plenty of times, but it didn't look nothing like hers, which was hairy and I just remember when I started growing hair, I thought it was the most disgusting thing in my life because I thought it was going to grow out the bottom of my belly and I just didn't want hair on my vagina after this experience. So anyway, she was rubbing herself and then she grabbed my hand and she put it on her coochie. Oh my God, it was wet and it felt so nasty and mushy. It didn't last long with me touching it, but she ended up uh, crawling up on the bed and pulling me with her. I remember her trying to push my face between her legs and I almost vomited. I was like, "Mm." it was so stink. You know, I mean, I guess it was stink. I didn't know what coochie smelled like. I never smelled mine. Um, I did push back, and and I remember yelling no, and she told me to be quiet because I was actually loud, so she stopped trying to put my face in that hairy mess. She was like, okay, fine, come and suck my titty, so I did what I was told. I mean, I said, listen, I'd rather suck a titty than put my face in that hairy mess, okay? But I do recall this not feeling good anymore. I didn't feel good at all about what was um, going on. She made me pull down my pants. I did. She touched me. I just laid there scared. I froze. I had been the only one up until this point to touch my TT. Well, my mother touched it when she used to bathe me, but for the most part, I was the only one that actually touched myself down there. So this didn't feel right. This didn't feel like it was coming from a place of love. It felt like it wasn't for me. It was for her, if that makes sense. I was afraid my mother was going to walk in and beat me for doing something so nasty. For laying in some girl's bed with my pants down and a titty in my mouth. I was so scared, y'all. It was unreal. She opened up my legs. She opened up her legs. I'm sorry. She opened up her legs. And then she pulled me on top of her. I remember her squeezing my my butt because my legs were closed tight. And she squeezed my butt. And she just pushed up against me up and down, up and down. And just rolling and moaning and groaning. And I just lay there until it was over. And I had wet stuff on me. It was sticky. It was my first experience with grinding. I didn't know what it was at the time, but it was gross. I don't remember crying, but just remembering how emotional I was in general as a kid, I probably was crying. Um, when she finished, she cleaned me up with her. She and told me that when I got home to go take a bath, I better not tell my mother or that they would be mad at us and I would get in trouble. And if she wanted me to, um, if she wanted me, if she, if I wanted her to continue to be my friend, I would keep it to myself. I remember her telling me, "Thank you." Thank you, Tiffany. You're so sweet. You know, and here I was sitting here embarrassed with my pants down, ashamed. I didn't know what to do. I want to go home. I want to go home. So that was my first. Unwanted, evasive. Was that the right word? Evasive. I don't know. I'm um, gonna just keep it real. That was my. I was molested. That was my. I don't want to say my first time because I. That I mean that would imply that I was molested more. But I, it was. It was. My first time as a kid being exposed to a situation. that was uncomfortable, that was frightening, that was, um, scary. So this explains a lot in my life. You know, when things come up in my life, and that's the end of the story, by the way. So when things come up in my life, I'm always reflecting, like, why are you responding this way? Why do you... Basically, why are you responding this way? Why are you reacting this way? So a while ago, I was at somebody's house at an event. And my granddaughter was sitting on my nephew's lap. And I was like, very aggressive. Get her off your lap right now. Or whatever. And then people in the room started questioning me, well, what is the problem? That's her her cousin. Like, who hurt you? You know, and things like that trigger me. Because even though I don't necessarily believe that everybody's intentions are that way, but my brain tells me anytime a child gets a a moment of something that makes them feel good with their body, um, they become addicted to it. They want more of it. They want to feel that feeling again, and I don't want to put anybody in that position, especially not with my grandchildren. And um, so, I mean, and then we, just be real, we all grew up where our grandmother or our mother told us we we don't sit on men's laps, especially in the middle of their lap or even on their lap because we all, at some point in time, somebody has dealt with that nasty uncle or, or, or people know who they people are. You know what I'm saying? It just was not appropriate to have a young girl to sit on a male's lap. I don't want nobody grinding on my granddaughter. Period. Using her as a prop for their pleasure. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't want my grandbaby molested. Um, Somebody did fucking hurt me. At the time when the comment was made, who hurt you? I was furious. And I think... I was yelling if I'm not mistaken so because it was a trigger for me and I couldn't figure out why and I and I played and I still to this day play that scenario over in my head over and over again because I, I would hate to think that people had ill will or bad intent you know when a conversation doesn't go the way it should go, or, the, or doesn't, or you walk away, and the conversation leaves you feeling some type of way. So I was thinking about this a lot, but you just don't go around trying to be funny and not really trying to understand why somebody is reacting the way they are reacting to a situation. Just shut the fuck up. If you don't understand what's going on, just shut the fuck up. Because first of all, you don't know what somebody may have or may or may not have gone through. All I'm saying. It's just be mindful of your children, where they are. Um, Even when kids are in a room together, you may think it's safe because the kids are with other kids and the adults are with adults. And you think it's some older kid and they're watching the kids. Yeah, they're watching the kids. But kids are going to be kids. Kids are going to be curious. Kids are going to be... Manage Kids are going to be fast. Kids want to explore stuff. Kids want to experience stuff that they don't understand or things that they may have seen. Kids can be intimidated by other kids. Fucked up shit. Check on your damn kids. Don't sit up there and allow your kids to sit in spaces. Go look for signs. Go make sure they're okay. Make sure you know, they're not being bullied or beat up or things being done to them that they don't understand. Go in the room. And if your child is sitting there quiet as hell and you know they are rambunctious and fun and, and they look uncomfortable, take your baby with you. Take them with you. Ain't that much fun in the world that you could be having where you got to make sure your kid go sit somewhere. They don't feel comfortable. It's not worth it. I'm telling you, it's not. That's why when I go to a friend's house, and I was just even telling Larry this, like, um, I was going to a friend's house the other day, and I was like, you know, I really didn't want to take my grandkids with me because a lot of times, um, I'm sorry, y'all got distracted. Because a lot of times there are kids over there, and sometimes they're not. You know, And when I go to my friend's house, I just want to have a good time unless it's an environment where it's conducive for kids to be able to have fun and, and you see kids running around just being kids. But when you got to go to a house and the kids got to be put in a room so the adults can enjoy themselves, I don't want to take my kids. Everybody can run their house the way they run their house. I just personally don't feel comfortable with that. I don't want to have to worry about it, like what's going on. You know, because people don't think their kids do fucked up shit. You know what I'm saying? But when your kids do do fucked up shit and my child tell me your child has done some fucked up shit, I'm fucking up somebody. And that puts me in a very compromising position because I can't fight, but trust me, I'm fighting somebody. You just don't want to put your children in situations where they are made to sit and play and they don't feel safe you know what I'm saying so even with my kids and my grandkids when I had kids and and they moving around or even if they getting on my nerves I'm like I don't, I'm not like go back in the room no like even that day I was there they they was coming out sitting to the table with me He'd pull up a chair sit with Rowie play with your iPad which you, you okay when they when they come out playing you okay you having fun? Is anybody bothering with you? Yes. I ask these questions. I don't care who hear it. What's happening? You know what I'm saying? Because you just never know what someone else's child is going through. You know, and I just remember as a kid, you know, our parents. you don't they, they didn't think other kids was doing stuff they figure if you if they hit you you hit them back you know what i'm saying but they're not thinking that the same people they up gossiping about about what's going on in their house and how somebody's boyfriend beating them up and how shit ain't right in their friend's house but yeah and still we go over there to go you go over there to go hang out you take me with you you put me in a room with their kids And you just talked about how fucked up they they household is. And I just remember being put in room with cousins. And you know damn well your sister kids see their mama. Your sister, my auntie, doing nasty stuff. Therefore, their kids is and doing nasty stuff. How many times has a relative called you and said, my child got kicked out of school for doing some mannish stuff or hitting somebody or spitting on somebody or... That means your child finna get hit and spit on. Your sister or your cousin's boyfriend is, is beating up on your sister or your cousin or your friend. And now little June bug, ain't got it all because he watching his mama get beat up. So he beating up on other kids or pulling out his penis and pissing on folks. You know these kids ain't right in the head because of what's going on in the house. But we don't think about that because we selfishly just want to have a good time. And we think our kids are safe with other kids. We'd rather have them in the room with other kids than in the room with adults. I don't know the statistics on this, but I'm pretty sure if you look them up, a lot of children that are molested are molested by older children. And it's usually by people that they know, whether it's a sibling, a cousin, a family friend, an uncle or auntie who... Is just a little bit older than your kids because everybody having kids at the same time. Kids do stuff. Kids act out what they're going through. Now, I don't know if this girl, who is now nameless, but I see her face, what, 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 what was she going through at the time? I don't know. But just looking back, I remember her being fat, dumpy, um always in her room um, just never having any friends um, being picked on I remember just hearing that she wasn't very sociable so her socialization was with younger kids and I guess maybe her not feeling attractive or or people not looking at her and finding her attractive and her not having a boyfriend or whatever she took advantage of kids and just so happened I was one of the kids she took advantage of cuz this happened a lot now the 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 grinding didn't happen a lot but the titty sucking did I remember sucking her titty several times when I went to her house And you know as traumatic as that experience was It had me doing nasty stuff. It just like, I was already curious as it was. You know what I'm saying? But baby, but I just wanted to understand what felt so good about humping on someone. Now I didn't have a desire to hump on anyone. So I humped on things, you know what I'm saying? I was like, "What is this magical little thing that makes my coochie feel so good?" I was like humping on teddy bears, pillows, blankets, balled up jeans. I was just a humping ass kid. Okay, then I eventually escalated to humping with my look, uh, my another one of, of of my parents' friends' children, Howard, and I'm pretty sure he enjoyed it. We used to be outside because, of course, we didn't, you know, we weren't in no house. Put no room to watch each other while our parents hung out so we'd be outside playing we'll go under the staircase up against the wall in zero degree weather because we was in forestville mail and just up against the building just grinding just grinding and just grinding away you know and it was this other little girl this is pretty as she wanted to be a little light-skinned girl and she remind me of remember that meme that used to go around about cardi b um um, when she was a little girl, the little girl actually looked like that very high yellow light skin and she stayed some buildings over Pretty little girl. We was the same age. We would play dolls and and go hang out this thing, you know We was grinding with our clothes on of course just being kids, I guess that's just being kids and, and Just looking back I wasn't the only one. Kids was humping up something. You know what I'm saying? Just humping up something. You know, I even caught my kids humping, doing stuff. You know. But it definitely became, well, it feels like it became an obsession with me. You know, um, I just wanted to grind on everything. And I don't even know what it was doing for me. I guess it felt good. I don't know. I just, you know, now just thinking about it, how could such a tra- something so traumatic become so enjoyable? This is why I do shadow work, okay? And if you don't know what shadow work is, it's basically looking within, acknowledging your dark side, trying to figure out some things about yourself, you know, your patterns, your behaviors. You know, why why do you do some of the things you do? You know, if you are very self-aware and want to be self-aware and you notice that, You know, why do I feel this way? Why do I treat people like this? Why do I respond like this? Why do I have this habit that I'm ashamed of? You know, um, like it's something that was suppressed within you as a child that, that you suppressed and forgot about, um, is, is, is things that was, um, ingrained in you as a child that are now subconsciously you act out on these things because it's part of your everyday life and you don't think anything of it you don't always recognize that you may be insecure or a jealous hearted person or that you hurt people Um, it's a darkness that is subconscious and it fuels your everyday life now when i say dark it doesn't mean it always has to be bad but it is the side of you that needs to be healed you know, it's not like you're going out just doing crazy stuff. It's just like, you know, why am I looking at her and feeling some type of way? What is it about her that makes me feel insecure about myself? You know, or what makes me what makes me looking at someone and um, I'm jealous of them or want to tear them down or think something negative about them? It's not about them. It's about you. Something that you are dealing with subconsciously that you have never figured out about yourself and you're deflecting onto somebody else you have to it's like he you know shadow work is healing the little person inside of you that experienced some painful situation that you may have suppressed you know and i do that a lot i do a lot of shadow work i'm not always consistent with it but you have to ask yourself why do you feel this way why do you act this way why So, yeah, y'all, protect your children. I mean, you can't go around thinking that everybody, because they're doing something nasty, that um, something happened to them and you got to protect your child from them. Because kids are naturally, innately curious. You know what I mean? And let me tell you another quick story. I'm pretty sure whoever... I'm not even going to mention this person's name, but... I just remember, I was um, I used to visit my grandmother, and so I was always going to my friend's house. I'm just gonna leave it at that. How old was I? I know I was in elementary school, but I was an older elementary kid. Anyway, I used to go over there. We used to have a good time, always playing, swimming, just having a great time. We was kids, you know. We rode bikes, we played games. But, and we would always get dirty. And when we would go swimming, her parents would um, put us in a tub together. Now, I don't know who initiated this. But we always get in the tub and get on top of each other and grind. And we did it a lot. So when I would go over there, we made it a point to try to do something to get dirty so we can get in this tub and grind. Baby, her mama walked in. And caught us. She made me. She pulled me out that tub so fast. Put her child out the tub. Got me dressed. And I promise you, before I could hit the corner to my grandmama's house, my grandma was there with a switch, and she tore my ass up for embarrassing her at people's houses. Now all now this business was gonna get to the church. But what I realize is. When I got older she did tell me and never got to the church because both families were embarrassed that their children got caught in the tub well her grandchild and her my grandmother my me as the grandchild and my grandmother's friend her child was caught in the tub doing nasty stuff doing the doing uh nasty stuff doing uh it was nothing but the devil doing devilish stuff in the tub Um, they didn't want anybody to find out about it. So quiet as it kept, it never went anywhere. So that's why I'm gonna keep it quiet. Cause you know, the family still is there. And anyway, so yeah, what was I telling y'all that story? I don't know, but, um, you know, I had a conversation with my therapist about this topic. Um, and my, um, I was talking about my grandkids and the things that I do. And she was just like, why are you so involved to the level that you're involved with your grandkids? Is there something that I'm missing? And I never thought about this story, but I'm going to tell her about this when I go to therapy in a few weeks. But I was just like... um, I just didn't understand why I overwhelmed myself emotionally with protecting my children when they were young and now my grandchildren and it's because I was molested and I can actually say it and not feel like it was my fault. I was molested regardless of what type of curiosity I had as a child. I was molested and I can't allow my grandchildren to be hurt. I just feel like kids are doing nasty inappropriate things to other kids. And you're just not gonna put my grandbabies in a room with kids to make it easy for the adults. And I just don't. We just don't allow other people to babysit the grand the grands. It's it's like a handful of us if that many that watch my grandkids, because I have this fear of. Not being able to protect them, and un- unconsciously, I have put this fear on my daughter. Like we can't let anybody watch them because they may do, and I'm, they may do something to the kid. You know what I'm saying? And that's just unrealistic, or maybe it's not. I don't know. Y'all tell me, is this like over the top? Like I'm obsessed with protecting my grandkids. You know, from being hurt, um, being taken advantage of. That's not even always on a sexual level. It's on a bullying level, on a mistreating them level. Um, I just don't ever want to put them in a space where they can't protect themselves. So, yeah, that's my story. I don't know what I'm going to name this podcast and I got to change the name, but I just, I just wanted to share that with y'all because it has been a part of my healing process. And you know, as we do on just Tiffany podcast, I'm very transparent about, um, things. This may be a little too transparent. I don't know, but I'm not ashamed. The person who did it should be ashamed. I just want to, um, just make sure that you all know that kids do hurt other children. And parents, we don't always see the flaws in our children or we don't want to see flaws in our children because when we see certain flaws and certain behaviors in our children, we automatically think it's something that we did wrong. And God forbid we're a bad parent. God forbid that we did something that may have cause this behavior instead of taking ownership of our children's uh, behavior and things that we know that feels weird to us or looks weird to us instead of us trying to figure out how to help them we brush it under a rug and protect this bad behavior and protect our children and keep it a secret and then they hurt other people so I'm just saying, you know, this could be absolutely me being over the top. I don't know. I'm going to go to therapy next in a few weeks and find out if I'm right in my thinking. But I just feel like um, gone are the days of children made to be quiet and not heard. Children need to be able to express themselves. We need to, as parents be a safe place for our children no matter how difficult the conversation is they're bringing to us um we need to believe our children we need to be there for our children um we just can't shut our kids down we can't mute them making them be quiet um and listening and not talking back and not saying, it's not being, it's not, we taught, we was taught that that's, you know, you respect your elders. You respect us as adults. You be quiet. What I say is what's right. So if you teaching your child that what an adult says what's right, then they're going to think any of what, that whatever any adult say to them is what's right. Even when it doesn't feel good to them. Stop making your children speak to people they don't want to speak to be around people they don't want to be around call people um non-family members auntie and uncle and all these things and they don't feel comfortable doing that because now you don't put your child in a position where well that's uncle such and such and or auntie such and such and just because she my auntie that means their children are my cousin so whatever they their family so guess what family loves me family's gonna do right by me and guess what they doing all kind of crazy stuff to your children just protect your children that's all i'm gonna say about this and um i got some more healing to do y'all this has really resurrected some serious emotions in me that i didn't even realize because now i'm coming up with others i just remember more and more about that these incidences with this girl and it doesn't feel good it doesn't and you don't ever want your child to experience some of the things that you may have experienced as a child it's a new day and a new time let kids express themselves and um yeah so anyway let me know what you think about this episode let me know what you feel about this episode um if you think I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I'm. Listen, I'm open to hearing whatever you got to say. I may not agree with you, but hey, it is what it is. Anyway, y'all have a good evening, and I hope and pray this episode wasn't too traumatic for you or depressing or anything. I was just telling my story of how I thought I lost my virginity to a girl, but actually I didn't lose my virginity. I lost my innocence. There you go. There we go. There you go, Tiffany. I lost my innocence to a girl. Anyway, y'all have a good night. Take care and see you next episode with In the Company of Women. Take care. Bye.